Hi friends, jumping on before the start of the episode to ask for your help. Since I started this podcast four years ago, I have been dreaming of a place for us to gather, a place where we can practice some of the things that are shared here on the podcast, a place where you and I can meet gaze to gaze, heart to heart, and a place where we can share our experiences of enriching our lives through the wisdom of the body and expanding our pleasure through the wonder of the senses. I would love to hear your voice and your vision in writing this next chapter of Come to Your Senses. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey to contribute your ideas, give your feedback on which topics you burn with the most passion to hear about, and let's create a beautiful sanctuary together. Schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey. I will see you there. Hello, and welcome to the Come to Your Senses podcast. I'm your host, embodiment-based coach, Mary Lofgren. Here, we explore how to live bravely and beautifully through a lifestyle of embodiment. You'll hear gems to empower you around mindset, mindfulness, somatic psychology, and neuroscience, as well as beauty, food, style, and the art of slow living to meet your soul through the senses. I am so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I am so glad that you're here. I was just reflecting on what I wanted to talk to you about this week, and what I've been working on lately is a I like to call them treasure boxes instead of modules I have for my signature coaching program called Embodied Intelligence, a self-coaching library, which is a directory of some of the most useful, powerful tools I have discovered in utilizing your full system of intelligence and a big part of the experience of coaching together that's really important to me is that you leave empowered, not just from our sessions, but from the ability to replicate some of the transformation that you experience through your own practice of self-coaching. And coming up next month, we have a whole treasure box dedicated to sensual living and the healing power of beauty. And so I wanted to share a few gems, a few little pebbles from the bigger gem of the class that I have about creating a sensual, sensory, beauty-filled home in today's episode. So strap yourself into the demi-loon fainting couch and off we go. And if coaching together is something that you feel the tingling of an appetite for, you can visit schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching. I am currently full with clients, but I will be opening up my calendar come summer. So there's an option for you to hop on the waiting list at schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching. 
So as we explore bringing these sensory elements into your home, the first thing I would encourage you to do is as you listen to this podcast episode, imagine one room in your home that you would like to focus on. Sometimes imagining your entire home can be incredibly overwhelming and can create a bit of decision fatigue. Your nervous system loves for things to be simple. It can be overwhelmed by lack of choice, and it can also be overwhelmed by too much choice. And so typically when I share this information with a client, their room of focus will be the bedroom. So I'll be using that in some of my metaphors and examples today, but you can really begin with any room in your home. And when we talk about and think about sensual living, where we want to begin is with what is the meaning of that word? And to me, sensuality is very simply using your senses to have an everyday experience of embodiment. So for example, as I record this, there are these beautiful yellow flowers on my table with a gorgeous navy blue vase that I picked up at an outlet many years ago, actually within the first couple of weeks of moving here to Western North Carolina. And as I work today, and as I share with you today, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that the addition of nature and color and beauty and sentiment in my sight line is affecting everything I do. And so when we talk about creating a more sensual home, You know, I talk about this a lot in this podcast because it's a really important redefinition to continue hearing over and over again. I want to reiterate that the sensual and the sexual in this space anyway, are more cousins than they are siblings or twins. And sometimes when we think about a sensual home, you know, there is a lot of conditioning about what that looks like and who that serves. And for the purposes of this podcast episode, I want you to know that everything shared today is about serving and honoring you and your body and how your soul expresses itself through your senses on the canvas of your home. And so knowing that, where we want to begin is feeling first. In embodiment coaching, whenever we set a goal for a session or an intention for the session, it's not really what do you want to get done? What do you need to figure out? It's how do you want to feel at the end of this session? And so when you imagine your space in your room that you want to bring more sensual living into, what would that feel like for you? And keeping in mind that feeling words are very descriptive of a sensation or an experience. So for example, a word that might come to mind is, 
I want my room to feel colorful. And that's a beautiful description. And I want that for you. But what is the feeling that colorful would give you? Would it be expansion? Would it be the feeling of being refreshed every time you walk into the space? Maybe you want to feel inspired and color is a big source of inspiration for you. Or do you want your space to feel soothing? And if so, what are the colors that reflect the energy and the sensation of being soothed? When I was decorating my living room, I created this kind of vision board of what I wanted to create. And of course, I had examples of living rooms and textures and patterns and colors and things like that. But I also had a Nora Jones album and a piece of freshly baked crusty bread on a marble slab. You know, I wanted these cozy, yummy, golden hour kind of experiences in my living space. And so that is your first gem, feeling first. The second gem is to learn the language of design with what I really feel like is all style and designs secret, like the secret sauce to creating beauty, which is color theory. Color theory is kind of studying the art and science of color. And you can read lots of articles about this online. There's also wonderful books out there about working with and living with color. But for example, I recently painted, it's about a year ago, I guess. So not so recently, but I recently painted my bedroom, this beautiful violet, like a kind of black raspberry ice cream color. And in the past, I probably would have stuck with that being the color and then surrounding it with all neutrals for a soothing and also safe way of designing, you know, choosing neutrals, which are creams and blacks and golds and uh, animal print is also a neutral. You know, you kind of can't go wrong. And that would be considered a monochromatic color scheme as a neutral color scheme where everything is in the same family. But with this black raspberry, I really, I mean, my passion and where I come alive is with a beautifully assembled collection of color where my eye travels across the space in the most delectable way. So I have this photograph of an orange tree, this bright orange, which is a complementary color to purple. That's also an aspect of color theory. This orange tree on the Amalfi Coast. So it's got the sparkle of the Mediterranean in the background. And then above my bed, I have this beautiful picture of a goddess lounging in the base of a crescent moon, just dripping her magic and sparkle onto me as I sleep. And this is all held by a neutral bed frame headboard with like a linen backdrop that's framed with this like chocolate, deep chocolate brown steel. 
So all of that is just to say, and then I, I have a pistachio bed covering is that these are all a real wide array of colors and not what I would describe as matchy matchy, but it really sings and it really works because it follows this science of color theory. So if you want to give yourself a gift and save yourself a hell of a lot of time in your decorating choices, begin to become a savant of different color palettes and color theory, and it will change your life. I promise. The next gem is to tell a story with your design. So where I am sitting right now is in my dining room, and I decided to make this space a tribute to my heritage and my lineage. So in this space, I have photos of my uncle Jim, who was killed in Vietnam, lighting a Marlboro cigarette. I have photos of my uncle Fred, who is an amazing uncle and very near and dear to my heart. I have a photo of my mom holding me up as a little wee three-month-old. I have a photo of my dad on the beach with his Aunt Martha when he was probably seven years old. And then I have a photo of a brownstone in New York City because I lived in New York City for 15 years and I consider it my mother, <laughs> my spiritual home. Whenever I see the skyline of New York out of a car window, I say, hello, mother, because it just feels like a parent to me and a part of my family. I have framed sheet music of The Entertainer, which is a song that my grandfather used to play on the piano. I have a vintage National Geographic framed to honor my uncle Jerry, who collected every, I think every issue of National Geographic that was ever printed. At least that was how it felt when we were cleaning out his attic after he passed away. And so it's like these tiny tributes remind me, oh, I also have a beautiful picture of horses running across a snowy field to honor my dad, who, whose great passion in life was horses. And so I'm able to tell the story of my family and what feels like family to me without just saying, this is my dad. This is my uncle Jerry. And I got inspiration from this, from this wonderful book called Home Sweet Maison. And it talks about the difference between American homekeeping and French homekeeping. And there's this one particular part about the entrance to a home that really touched me, which is that when you walk into an American home, typically things will be aesthetically pleasing, and there will be some sense of harmony, but that there is also this sterility to the decor and the design. Whereas when you walk into a French entryway, you are being told a story of who this person is and where they have been and where they have traveled in their lifetime and meeting them and meeting their energy from the moment you walk into their home, crossing the threshold. And that just so inspired me and is something that I really seek to do. For example, the orange tree in my bedroom, I teach 
retreats in Italy. And one of my most treasured memories is touring the Amalfi Coast with some of my nearest and dearest clients. And so using your senses is a powerful way to tell a story in your home. And our last gem is some of my personal favorite sensual staples, the things that just add that extra textural, delicious touch to your home. So one of my staples is Edison bulbs, which are a kind of light bulb that projects a vintage feel and also the light reminds me of the glow of candlelight. I love putting those in the lamps by my bed for a soft glow at night. I find that beeswax candles are an incredible luxury. Candles of all kinds, really, but beeswax in particular just gives off such a gorgeous scent. I love having a hot water bottle on my belly or on my chest. That's something that you can pick up at the drugstore, a good old red hot water bottle that looks like it belongs in a hospital in the 50s. But I fill that with hot water at night and I'll put it on my lower back while I'm reading or I'll put it on my pelvis, especially if I'm having digestive troubles or having some cramping. Sometimes when I'm anxious, I'll put it on my chest, on my heart. And it just provides the most comforting, soothing, you know, because there's a real difference between the warmth of hot water and the warmth of, say, a heating pad. And I just find the hot water much more luxurious. Something I do in the morning is I light incense. And recently I was so proud of myself because I created my own incense holder my pet peeve with incense holders is that they can be kind of messy. So I took a mason jar and filled it with risotto rice, which is a rice I don't use very frequently. And I just put like 20 sticks in the rice and then I light it in the morning. And it's so nice because the rice just kind of absorbs the ashes and then you can light as many incense sticks as you want and not have to worry about replacing them. Simple joys, simple pleasures, people. It's what it's all about. And the two final sensory staples that I have are art in my home. Particularly, I have a lot of friends who are artists, and I love to purchase their art. I have some friends who are poets, and I'll frame their art in my home. And lastly, altars. So I'm not a big central altar person. I don't really have, well, actually that's not true. I have a, an altar in my kitchen. That's kind of like the main altar in the home, but you don't really pray and worship in your kitchen. Do you? It's really just kind of a beautiful shelf that I have in my kitchen. And instead I have little altars all over the place. So in my bedroom, for example, I have this carved wood little shelf that I got on Etsy that looks like something you might see in Bali. And I have a little tiny dish full of rosebuds, dried rosebuds. 
And then inside that dish is a candle with the Venus of Willendorf, who is this voluptuous, busty fertility goddess. And it's actually a beeswax candle. I don't burn it, but I just use it as a statue. And it's just this little tiny altar to fertility and sensuality and curvaceousness in my bedroom. I have a tiny altar in my dining room where I usually do my journaling. And if I pull an Oracle card, I have one of those little tiny, I don't even know what it's called. It's like something that holds a picture. I think you buy them at, you know, craft stores. I'm hesitating because I really (laughs) wish I remember, I wish I could describe what it is, but it's, It's kind of like something that might hold a menu. Like if you looked at a menu on a countertop at a coffee shop that was held up for you, it's just a little stand and it's tiny and it holds an Oracle card perfectly. And so I place that next to a candle on its little stand and then it's there whenever I look to my left, which is where my water filter is. And, you know, so I'm like revisiting it all day. And these are just tiny little portals to the sacred and tiny little tributes to the splendor of beauty and the way in which it is a access point to the divine in my home. And those, my friends, are just the tip of the iceberg of ways to create sensuality in your home. Once again, if you are drawn to embodiment through the lens of beauty and simple pleasures and the feminine arts, check out Embodied Intelligence Coaching at schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching to get on the wait list. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes to hear your name read on the air. And I will see you next time. For coaching classes and community in creating a lifestyle of embodiment, head to schoolofsensualliving.com. There you'll find a free video series on how to reduce anxiety and intercept the stress response through powerful, confident body language. Head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash confidence to watch your first video today.